0: this is keeping score. Most people don't know how to keep score. Some people think that they're winning in real estate investing when they're actually losing. And some people are really winning when they think that they're losing. And when you understand the five ways you're paid, my gosh, now you know what to buy. Now you know what to sell. Now you know when to sell. Now you know when to do a cash out refinance or a 1031 exchange. So this steers a lot. Now you know how to keep score. And if you understand that, you've got knowledge that multi-billionaires lack. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, where you'll learn from the world's most savvy syndicators and investors exactly what it takes to invest in apartment building syndications. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny.
1: Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny, and today our guest is Keith Weinhold. How you doing, Keith? Hey, fantastic, thank you for having me. Keith is the host of the very popular Get Rich Education podcast. He is a best-selling author and writer for Forbes. Keith also teaches others about real estate investing at getricheducation.com. He has been an active investor since 2002 and owns rental properties in Alaska, Texas, Florida, and even owns a coffee farm in Panama. Keith, I'm so excited to have you today. I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you're currently up to and how you got started in real estate.
0: Well, thanks so much, Mark. Yeah, you know, it really begins, I think, with the power of thinking differently. Real estate investors are somewhat maverick to begin with and they don't really conform. So in 1999, I moved from Pennsylvania to a place that I dreamed of living, Anchorage, Alaska, because I had vacation in Alaska four times and I really had that embedded inside me that Anchorage, Alaska is a place where I want to be because it fits my interests for skiing and mountaineering. And I just had an everyday job in construction materials testing, making fifty dollars to $60,000 a year and even working some overtime back then. But I fell in with an aspirational crowd of friends. I described them as aspirational. So in 2002, I made my first ever home of any kind. I had only been a renter in my life until 2002. My first home was a fourplex building where I lived in one unit and rented out the other three. Now, I didn't have a lot of money, but I found out that with an FHA loan and just a three and a half percent down payment, as long as you live in one of the units for at least 12 months, you can qualify that way. So that's how I started with the bang with the fourplex building
1: sure sure that's amazing so how did you discover that loan program and just the idea that you can move into a fourplex live in one of the units and rent the others out how, how did you come across that
0: idea in the first place it had a lot to do with the friends now in 2001 i did read that Landmark book, that life altering little purple book, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So it was reading that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad made it feel real. And then the other two influences are two guys you've never heard of named Chris and Raj because they were two friends with an FHA loan and three and a half percent down. And that kind of gave this context or this frame of reference that, hey, if Chris and Raj can do this, two regular guys, that aren't particularly good men, that aren't financial geniuses. If they can do this, I can do this. And about all I realized is that Chris and Raj were living for free. I didn't understand all the things that real estate could do for me at that time, but that seemed wise. I had always heard that real estate makes ordinary people wealthy more than anything else, but I didn't know how, but I thought these two guys were on the path to to knowing how. And this sort of aligns with the Jim Rohn quote. You've probably heard this one before. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So, you know, I tell the listener, look at you, look at your friends, look at your five closest friends. Average the way your five closest friends dress. Average their morals. Average their educational attainment level. Average their financial status. And that's probably about where you are. So, if you want to change yourself, the shortest way to do that is change who you're hanging out with sure sure keith i've
1: got a question for you i've heard you say this before why do you tell people to stop looking at property
0: Uh, Yeah, that's a great question because I'm a real estate guy. I constantly purchase property. In fact, I don't own any stocks, bonds or mutual funds. I'm all about putting properties in my portfolio. But it often stops people in their tracks when I often have to say those four words, stop looking at property. And the reason that I say that is, look, most real estate investors actually have an awful experience and they're not very strategic and they're not educating themselves. They're not listening to to shows like this, Mark they make the mistake of starting with a property and they might get emotional about a property. You might wanna get emotional about a property if it's your own home and it has a view of the lake and you wanna pay more for that view of the lake or whatever it is. But when it comes to income property, that's the time to set emotions aside and look more at the numbers and the facts. So I say that people need to stop looking at property because if you start there, You need to understand that property is only the fourth most important thing when it comes to rental property. Well, what's more important than the property? Well, number one is you, the investor. What do you want real estate to do for you? You need to put yourself at the top of this hierarchy. Do you want real estate to provide you with long-term appreciation or with tax incentives or with monthly cash flow? What do you want this real estate to do for you? You need to get aligned with that first. And then once you have that figured out, we'll just say it's cash flow in this example. The second most important thing after you is the market that you invest in. And market can pertain to a lot of things. It could be apartment buildings or assisted living homes or mobile home parks or single family rental homes. But oftentimes we think about market in terms of geographies. Since I'm a cash flow centric investor, the markets where I buy are often in the United States, Midwest and South. There are certainly plenty of exceptions to this, but in general, that's where the numbers make sense. That's where the landlord tenant law tilts in the investor's favor. And you wanna get aligned with your market secondly. The third most important thing is that team of professionals that you surround yourself with, especially that property manager. You want a good vetted property manager. And I think the best way to find out which manager is doing a good job in a market is getting a referral from someone else that already has their properties managed by that manager in that market. Because if you really want real estate to be generally passive, you need a competent manager. This is an investment. You don't want to take out a second job for you. So if you don't want to be the one getting phone calls and texts from tenants about leaky faucets or flooring that begins to delaminate in a unit or something like that. So therefore, being aligned and having a good property manager as part of your team, that's the third most important thing. Then you can start looking at properties and you can have a pretty good confidence level that you've been strategic and that you've been wealthy thought out. So the property is only the fourth most important thing. That's why I often tell people stop looking at property.
1: So to that point, would you recommend someone do what you did as far as house hacking or buying a smaller multifamily and living in one of those units? Or today, looking back, is there a different path that you would recommend for someone
0: starting out? Great question. There's a couple things. If you don't live in a market where you can make the numbers work, then that tilts toward you buying in markets, oftentimes in the Midwest and South, where you can make the numbers work. I often try to get a property where I have a rent to value ratio of one percent or better. And actually, that first fourplex building is a good example because it provided twenty nine hundred dollars in monthly rent, and the purchase price was two hundred ninety five k that's about 1%. That typically makes a good rental. That's just one indicator. So number one is geography. And number two, when it comes to house hacking or making your first ever property a fourplex with a three and a half percent down FHA loan, it's about your lifestyle. I was single at the time. I didn't have children. So it was relatively easy for me to do this that. So I was actually delaying a little bit of gratification by making my first home a four-plex building and just living in an 850 square foot unit. But it aligned well enough with my lifestyle since I was still young and single. So in summary, it really comes down to two things. Number one, do you live in a geography that's conducive to getting a good ratio of rent income to purchase price? And then secondly, are you at a point in life where you can live below your means for just a little while? So, Keith, as
1: you know, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Your podcast and Get Rich Education has had a huge influence on me. Uh, One thing that you teach that's always resonated with me is the the five ways that real estate investors are paid. Could you walk us through that and and give the listener a breakdown of those five income
0: sources for investors? Oh, I'd love to. i get really fired up about this. Interestingly, most people come from from the mindset of stocks and mutual funds and ETS where you're typically only paid one way. That's with a capital gain where you have to buy low and sell higher. Maybe you have a dividend producing stock as well. That would be a second way you could get paid. But the average dividend producing stock in the S&P 500 only yields about 2%. So stock investors are typically only paid one way, maybe two, but yeah, like you touched on, I talk about how real estate is a five faceted investment class. That means you're often paid five ways simultaneously. And those five ways are appreciation, cash flow, thirdly is loan pay down made by the tenant fourth least taxes, and then fifth is probably the least understood. That's inflation profiting. But this is great once you understand the five ways you're paid. And this is keeping score. Most people don't know how to keep score. Some people think that they're winning in real estate investing when they're actually losing. And some people are really winning when they think that they're losing. And when you understand the five ways you're paid, my gosh, now you know what to buy. Now you know what to sell. Now you know when to sell. Now you know when to do a cash out Finance or a 1031 exchange. So this steers a lot. Now you know how to keep score. And if you understand that you've got knowledge that multi-billionaires lack. Amazing.
1: Yes. Thank you for breaking that down. I think that's super helpful for a lot of people. So Keith, what are your thoughts on the current market in 2020? Is now still a good time to invest in real estate uh, or should people hold off because of the economy and
0: COVID-19? Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I think for beginning investors, it's a good idea to hold off until we get some more clarity coming out of this pandemic. Um, but there are some long-term benefits that this pandemic has actually introduced, like introducing inflation. Inflation is actually good for leveraged real estate investors. There are other demographic factors that were in place before the pandemic and these factors are still going to be in place after the pandemic and the benefits for real estate investors i actually break them down into three areas demographic geographic and psychographic and There is no doubt about it. In the short term, you need to have a rent paying tenant or else cash flowing real estate doesn't work. So there are some ways to navigate that. Large retailers are still hiring, like an Amazon and an Instacart and a Walmart, while small retailers are firing. If you have property near a medical facility, you're probably doing really well. Those people are employed right now. So there are ways to navigate the problems in the short term, but you can still lock in an interest rate for 30 years, for decades, and that is substantially going to outlast the pandemic. Demographically, we've had more millennials entering prime renter age, and at 83 million strong, millennials are the largest generation, surpassing even the baby boomers. So track what they do millennials and people younger than that also have college costs that are rising faster than inflation well that means that millennials are saddled with student loan debt and a greater proportion must rent the homeownership rate was 69 percent back in 2005 and it's only 64 percent today so fewer homeowners means more renters and that's good for us that are trying to rent properties to others The overall population of the United States keeps increasing at about two million people per year. And a lot of people dismiss that or seem to forget that, but that helps drive the economics 101 of supply and demand right there Something people take for granted, but population losses in places like Japan and Greece and Spain that creates excess housing capacity there. We're currently undersupplied by 3.3 million housing units. We're undersupplied, and there's always going to be sustainable demand for people to live somewhere, residential real estate. So, there are so many reasons demographic, geographic, and psychographically that for the long term, it's still a good time to be a real estate investor. I just don't think it's a great time for beginners to jump in right now.
1: Now it's that time in the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So Keith, with that said, what's
0: the best real estate deal that you've done? The best one I've done, coincidentally, it's one that I've already mentioned. It's buying that first ever fourplex building. Although I've gone on to buy, you know, substantially larger apartment buildings in both the United States and I've bought real estate outside the United States because you know what, buying that first fourplex building made me realize, it made me get interested in real estate investing. It made me begin to understand the mechanics And it helped me grasp this paradigm shift when I bought that first ever fourplex building in Midtown Anchorage, Alaska. And that paradigm shift is, don't just get your money to work for you, ethically get other people's money to work for you. That's what that first pivotal fourplex building taught me. You, as an everyday person, the listener, without any special certification or any degree, you can actually ethically employ other people's money three ways at the same time, not just your own. How can everyday people employ other people's money ethically? This is the paradigm shift. This is how you go from middle class to wealthy. You get other people's money to work for you three ways at the same time because you have the tenant's money providing you with cash flow. You have the government's money providing you with generous tax incentives, and you also have the bank's money that you're using for a loan or leverage that amplifies your rate of return, just like we did in the 6% appreciation leads to a 30% ROI for you in that example we gave. So it was buying that first fourplex that brought me into the paradigm of not just getting your own money work for you, which is a middle class paradigm, it brought me into how do you ethically employ other people's money. that's how you go from middle class to wealthy. Yeah, amazing. And
1: let's talk a little bit about your worst deal. Was there anything that came to mind as far as something that didn't go as planned? Uh, what can we learn from as far
0: as an experience that you've had? Ah, if you're talking about the worst deal, um, not every real estate deal I made was good, but I would have to say the worst deal of my life had to do with Forex, F-O-R-E-X foreign currency exchange trading. Um, Basically, through an online educational platform about nine years ago, I was introduced to a concept where I hired this foreign exchange trading company to do the trades for me as long as I put up the money for them to trade with it really gave the promise of good returns and it did not provide good returns. And I'm sure there are other listeners out there that actually know what I'm talking about because this was through a very well-known financial education platform where a lot of people lost money. Luckily, I didn't have a whole lot of money invested, but I do remember I had 37K into this and I woke up one morning and my balance was 14K. This is just a few weeks after we started. And you know, I really think the lesson there is that I completely didn't understand it. For you to be an investor, I don't think you have to understand everything about an investment. For example, when I bought that first fourplex, I didn't really even know what cash flow and equity meant, but I could understand that people would pay me to live somewhere. But with this 4X trading, for example, when I went to bed with 37K and it and woke up the next morning and I had 14K. I wasn't even able to explain to you how almost two thirds of that money was lost. Like I wouldn't have even been able to render an explanation. So I did get my 14K back, my remaining balance back, but really the lesson there is don't get into something if you know almost nothing about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So Keith, we're almost out of time, but where can others connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? Oh, well, thanks so much for asking. So at GetRichEducation.com, you know, what I'm offering there right now is a free short ebook that tells you how to optimize those five ways that you're paid. You can get that free short ebook at GetRichEducation.com. It's only 84 pages long and there are 84 small pages or the weekly Get Rich Education podcast. There's a good chance that you're already listening to my show. It's where we simply and accidentally build real estate wealth passively with an abundance mindset where you don't have to be a landlord and you don't have to be a flipper. And I've had really all the top names on my show from Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Advisors to Grant Cardone to Harbeker and all that. So it's getricheducation.com and the Get Rich Education podcast.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Keith. I really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Uh, you do the same, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. If you're a passive investor interested in exclusive opportunities, join the free mastermind at giantapartmentbuildings.com. You'll learn from the industry's top experts on how to invest in apartment buildings. Go to
0: giantapartmentbuildings.com.